0: This episode of No Meat Athlete Radio is brought to you by Health IQ, the life insurance company that advocates for the vegan and health-conscious lifestyles. That's right, Health IQ rewards us for our lifestyle choices. Head over to healthiq.com slash nomeat to learn more about all sorts of ways you can save money on life insurance.
1: Hi, this is Hope.
0: This is Kareem.
1: Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio.
0: What do Sponge, Budnick, and Donkey Lips have in common?
1: Uh so Your Shorts?
0: Yeah, the Salute Your Shorts characters, right? Yeah! <laughs> well, it's summertime. It's 2017 summer. Uh-huh. And uh, it reminded me, because we wanted to do a running episode this time, it reminded me of that epic mm. running camp, summer running camp series that we did last year. And I figured we probably have a lot of l- new listeners since then, who don't even go into itunes that far and just listen to the newest episode but there's a whole vault of good stuff and what made that summer running camp series which i think was like five episodes long over the course of two months in the summer um in addition to us kind of really going back to basics and just talking about a lot of fairly in-depth running topics for someone who like was kind of new to running or even just halfway interested in running but had never really taken it seriously it was sort of a bring them as much up to speed as we can what really made it special though was that we we had this salute your shorts motif throughout the whole thing (laughs) that was i'm sure the highlight for everyone (laughs) it was for me and it also i think that's kind of when our podcast started going off the tracks a little bit i think it's (laughs) i think it's when we said okay this is okay for us to just goof around. And do things like to talk about Sponge and Budnick and Donkey Lips, and and that's what we did, and it was fun, and it's it's been fun ever since then.
1: You know what? I bet there are a lot of people listening to this who have never seen Slutty Shorts.
0: Well, then they need to go on YouTube and 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 YouTube it because it it is there, and uh, there are old, very grainy episodes that I tried to watch with my kid last summer, and uh, he was into it, but it's it it does not hold up. The video quality just is not up to par. Mm. But wonder- man, but the, the song is good. Someone even wrote a song last year. Remember that? Someone- yeah.
1: A, song, a a theme song for our summer running camp.
0: Right. And it had different words, but it was to the tune of the Salute Your Shirt song, and we sang it. And uh, yes. So fun times. It was pretty, but anyway,
1: pretty epic.
0: <laughs> it was pretty epic. I'm surprised it didn't get more national attention or go viral. <laughs> <laughs> but it was epic for us. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we are not doing running camp today, but we're doing something not entirely unlike running camp. And that is we are talking about kind of like a get started with running, like a, like a, even before you go to running camp, how do you begin running? How do you do a 5k if that's, if that's your goal and, and it doesn't, it doesn't have to be a 5k, but it's, it's how do you just get going with running? Uh, I was looking through our archives page and I, I thought for sure we had addressed this topic by now. And uh, it looks like we did actually, we didn't, there was episode six of Nomad Athlete Radio, which I don't know what year that was, is about how to get started or restarted with running. And that was the closest match I could find to running tips for beginners.
1: And that was so, a long time ago.
0: I don't even know if that was you. Were were
1: you the co host of that episode? I don't think so. I think that was when when there was another co host. Ben. 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 Yeah. Yeah, that was that was early on. And I don't think it was that long after that I joined you, but um not that early.
0: Right. I mean, it was it was a couple years after, or many months after it started, but we but it wasn't many episodes because we stalled out and we only did a few in the yeah. early days. Anyway, uh, so we have not really addressed that. So for those who are advanced runners, you could you could safely skip this episode, although you miss miss out on our on our funny hijinks, I'm sure, but <laughs> you you won't get any running tips if you're a, if you're an advanced runner. Um, but we say that so that we can give what is gonna sound like very basic running advice without without feeling foolish, right? Without without saying things that others might consider obvious. Right. Exactly. Good. Um, I'm a little bit I'm a little bit unsure of our ability to do this, Doug, because I I just watched um, the video that Rich Rolls shared. It's called Before Your Next One Hundred Mile Race, Western States One Hundred. Okay. Um kind of an inspirational little five minute film of a speech someone gave before the race. And I was watching, I was like, man, that, that reminds me so much of, of when I did my 100. And I was like, man, Doug has done several since then. And I just, it just made me feel like like it's – I don't know what it was. I was watching it. Um, I was enjoying it. It made me sort of nostalgic and saying, hey, I want to start running again. And then it was like – I was knowing we were going to do this episode right after it. And I was thinking, man, this is so different. 100 miles, so much further advanced than – just getting started and running a 5k but then in my head i couldn't really think of how it is any different it was sort of like the i don't know i'm gonna give the same advice as i do to people who are who are into running right i mean go slow don't do hard workouts two days in a row and, and i'm and i'm wondering do we do we suffer from that problem like you know you know when people who are really experiencing something they're not generally very good coaches or good at helping beginners mm. because they don't even see those problems anymore and i I don't know is running maybe running is different than that and and it's just such a certainly there's a lot to learn but that it's just has this core skill set that really doesn't change uh, up until no matter how far you go um or or do we just have uh, have we lost all perspective
1: well I hope we haven't lost all perspective because I am a running coach and I am working with people who are fairly new to running so I hope that I haven't lost lost all perspective but you know actually you bring this up and it Segues perfectly into my downward facing Doug of the day.
0: Oh man, okay.
1: Which uh I was gonna save till you know, we normally would do this at the end, but you know, just it's too good not to do segues too perfectly. Downward facing Doug. Downward facing Doug. I was and what am I down on right now? I was I was down on or let me let me back up a little bit. I ran a five K for the Fourth of July on Tuesday. Okay. Uh, it's one of my, my only 5k road races of the year, which I look forward to very much. And I was at the starting line and I was kind of with a group of people and listening to some of them chat and heard someone kind of making fun of the 5k distance. And, oh yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I got pretty down on that. I was not, not too excited about it because not yeah. only, not only were there people there who I'm sure that was maybe the furthest they were ever they had ever run or they had right. been training for it but also it was really freaking hard I was, <laughs> I was like i was like you know having to go through all of the mental struggle and uh pain like you know muscle pain yep that you do on a longer race uh, you know i was doing it it was only 20 minutes long or 21 minutes long but um you know I was still having to go through that and i was still doubting myself and wanting to slow down and having to fight through that. So it is very different, of course, to run hundred miles and you have different challenges with that. And you, uh, but you know, but it's not easy to run a 5k either, especially if you run it hard.
0: Right. Yeah, it totally is. Like if you just go and, and do what we did when we went to runner's world, where you just kind of goof around and run slowly and, and just, you know, take selfies and enjoy it. Like then, then you can make the argument to me that a 5k is significantly easier than a half marathon or a marathon or anything else because it's shorter, obviously. But, if you're running it to run it, and you're trying to, you know, run the best race you, the fastest race that you can, which, which is kind of what racing is. It's really hard. They are, they are. I swear, I would rather run a half marathon than a five k, as far as pain, pain level goes. Yeah, it's intense. Just, it's, it's, it is a different kind of intense. It hurts your lungs. You, you just want to die. I mean, at least I do. <laughs> I want to get health IQ life insurance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it is. It's uh, it.
1: You know, the amount of doubt that I was running through in my head and the amount of like struggle I was doing to not slow down and not, not stop during that short race was, was rather intense. And so when I crossed that finish line, I was very much relieved. Uh, yeah. And, and I, you know, and whether people are doing it in 18 minutes or 40 minutes, you know, they can still be going through that same thing. So I am down. I look down on anyone who makes fun of the 5K distance
0: yep i agree with you especially with what you first said about uh that, that there are many people there who who that is that's their big thing that that is what they have trained for and worked really hard for and maybe it's a major accomplishment and uh that would that would not be fun at all to hear someone kind of bashing it as as too easy for them as beneath them, beneath them. if it's beneath you you shouldn't be there that's right that's what i said yeah there you go good well i like that that is a, that is an appropriate uh downward facing doug i think you should be down on that <laughs> All right, so now let's get up for this episode. <laughs> get up, stand up. Um, yes. So anyway, I'm, this is good. I'm uh, my my keeping in touch, my way of feeling in touch with beginner's mind with running is that I am kind of getting back into it, and I'm, I'm I myself have taken I've taken a long break from it, and I'm just starting to think about things. And my wife as well is getting into it, back into it, I should say. And uh, I've been trying to guide her and coach her a little bit without without interfering and uh you know it feel, like granted there's a lot of stuff here that that is obvious that i that i don't need to relearn uh because i have already learned it but but at the same time it's like i do feel like i i certainly couldn't go out right now and run 100 miles i couldn't go out right now and run a marathon so i'm feeling like i'm a little bit back at the beginning yeah
1: well you know if you've never run before if you have never considered yourself a runner then a marathon seems pretty far off but um but let, let's let's go back to like like uh, if you were if you have never run in your life other than PE class in elementary school and you're now thirty years removed from that, mm-hmm. like uh, where would you start? I mean, what 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 would the first thing you do be?
0: Uh, I would say I don't run unless I'm being chased. That's what I would. That's <laughs> the first thing I would. I'd make that joke to someone, and then. then you'd bring up that it's bad for your knees right (laughs) right (laughs) i would and i would talk about crossfit and paleo and all these other things (laughs) no that's not true i would i would set my sights on a really on an exciting goal and i don't know that everyone would agree that's the place to start but i i would i would wonder why i was running if i didn't have that right cuz like if you are in that place if you, if you are the type who jokes that you only run when you're chased then uh, at least for me when i was in that mode what was so unexciting about running for me was that it didn't seem like there was any point like i didn't didn't know why i would do that other than if i was being chased there's like why would i spend any time suffering through running cuz it was painful um if it's just for running like if it's just to stay in shape that doesn't seem at all fun to me so for me, the only way I was able to get into running was to have a have a big race goal that was really exciting to me. And that race goal could be your 5K, like if you've got a 5K that is exciting to you for whatever reason, for whether it's the distance yourself or whether there's a race in your town that you've always wanted to do or another race you know of, uh, or if the 5K is merely a stepping stone to something more. Maybe maybe there's a half marathon or a marathon. Maybe the Western States 100 is in your future or in your long-term future and you say, that is my, my north star that I am going to keep in mind for the next 10 years. But this is the first step, and that's learning to run, and, and 5K is kind of my first milestone along that journey. Like that, that would make it exciting. That would give you some reason to want to do it. So that's mm-hmm. where I would begin. Is that where you'd begin, Doug, or would you take a more, a more uh, I don't know. I don't know what the word is. More, more mindful sort of enjoy, the, enjoy each step type <laughs> approach, not have, a, not have a goal in mind.
1: Well, you know, I don't know if it has to be a goal, but I would definitely want to understand the why and and have a real why, you know, I I find myself doing this all the time with um, strength exercise routines and stuff like that, where I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this, you know, for 20 minutes every day. And then um I don't really enjoy it, and I don't have a a real strong why, and uh, and then I stop after a few days. And if you've never been a runner before, and you go out and run, and realize that it actually is pretty hard and uncomfortable, especially as you're just starting out, then if you unless you have a strong why, then then you're gonna it's gonna, you know that then you're never never gonna stick, right? So mm-hmm. whether that's a big goal or whether that is a uh, you know just something a, a t- the type of person you want to become. Or you want to impress a a partner or a friend or something like that. You know, it doesn't really matter what it is. It doesn't have to be a race goal, it doesn't have to be anything like that. But um but to have that why and, and understand that before you really get started doing it. Although I will say, we're saying this now that you have to have a goal and you have to have a why. But you know, if you don't have a strong why and you really want to go out and run that day, then don't <laughs> not run. <laughs>
0: I just don't know why you'd want to go run if you didn't have why.
1: <laughs> well, sometimes I'm like I really want to do 100 push-ups every day, every day, and sometimes I get into that into those modes where I'm like, okay. I want to do that every day,
0: and then that day I do it, but the next day I certainly don't do it. Right. Yeah. Well, there the everyday thing is your why. I don't know. I guess you could, you could do something bigger. But I was going to say, as you were saying this, I was going to say a running streak could be a why, right? You, it, like, or it yeah, could be a totally. goal. It doesn't have to be a race that you want to do. It could be that you want to do what Doug did and run for 900 days in a row and and just, you know, that, that becomes your people's, like, avenue into fitness, right? Like, you can transform yourself with something like that. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, lots, lots of different goals that one could have or whys that one could have. But I do agree that uh, you probably – you are more likely to succeed if you have one of those. Like you said, if you didn't, it doesn't mean you shouldn't try running. But I do think it's important to figure out why you're doing it yeah all right good um then what then what do you do once you have something figured out here's what i don't think you do
1: i don't think you go out and try to run three miles the very first time or even try to run a set distance at all um i think Mm -hmm. that what you do is you you go out and you say i'm going to try to run for 20 minutes and see how this goes. And when you need to walk, you walk. And when you feel like you can run, you run. And you just see how far you go and not get it all discouraged if you can't run for 20 minutes straight. Because running for 20 minutes straight is is a pretty long time and um, it's a lot harder than than you might think if you uh, if you've never done it before or if you haven't done it in a long time. So my I would say I would suggest find a time like 15 or 20 minutes that doesn't seem all that long. Um, that, you know, you could walk that distance, you could walk that amount of time and, uh, and try to integrate as much running, incorporate as much running into that as you can, but not get bummed out on yourself when you have to walk up a hill or you have to walk cause you've been running for four minutes and, and you're winded.
0: Right. Yeah. So when you, when you first said that, when you said 20 minutes, I I thought that is a ridiculously long amount of time for someone just starting that, that would be a crazy amount of running to do. Cause, cause if you were to run it at, at a, you know, the way most people will probably just go out and start running if they envision here's what it means to go out and run. Uh, you know, that that's probably two miles for a lot of people who are, let's say they're running a 10 minute pace. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wouldn't expect anyone to do that on the first day. I mean, especially if you were out of shape. And, and it's quite possible that we are talking to someone who is in shape and has some fitness has just never been a runner. Right. But there are also people who, who are totally out of shape and don't have any fitness level right now. Uh, and can't run for two minutes. So, what's really important about what you just said that I hope everyone got is that you didn't say to run for that long. You said to go out and try to just be out for that long. And right. if you ended up running, if you ended up running for one minute and then getting winded and you couldn't do any more running for the rest of the 20 minutes, all you did was walk like that would be okay. And I think that's the, the part that is really hard for people to deal with. Like, cause when you picture yourself going out running and it almost feels like any minute you're not running, at least this is the way I am, any minute you're not running in there, you are failing and you should you should beat yourself up over it. And if anyone sees you, it's going to be embarrassing because you're you're out and running close, but you're not running. Um, so you, that's, that's a huge thing to get over because I think it is it, the best way to train for a first 5k or first short race of any distance, or even just get into running is to give yourself plenty of walk intervals and be totally okay with those. And, I mean more than be okay with them. Like know that they are part – you might even just start planning on those. And, and this might just be what I'm going to do today is run for two minutes, then walk for two minutes. Or maybe it's eventually becomes run for six minutes and walk for three minutes. <clears throat> but finding these different intervals and gradually building up the time that you stay outside running or on a treadmill running uh, that way. So that even when it comes time to do your 5K, if you've chosen a plan where this is how you do it, you might be walking that day. Or you might find a plan that that the goal is to get you to where you're actually running the whole 5k and the, the goal is to get you to you know be running for 30 minutes straight or whatever whatever amount of time it would take you to finish a 5k but yeah. that's really important that it's not just running for 20 minutes cuz that that would be a really long time to run if you've never run before
1: absolutely and I hope that I didn't imply that um and and I think that uh when you're starting out with the run walk I mean I think that the run walk method which is what we're talking about here uh is is Vital for anybody who's running, learning to run for the very first time. Uh, and when you're first starting out, those first few weeks, I wouldn't even set specific intervals about need to, right. needing to run for this amount of time before I walk for this amount of time. But just go by feel and just see what you can do, and play around with that, and start getting used to, um, used to a little bit of running in between your in between the walking. And then as you've got as you get more comfortable with that, and you realize you can run for two minutes at a time or three minutes at a time then you can start actually setting those intervals where, all right, I'm going to run for three minutes and then I'm going to walk for two minutes and then I'm going to run for three minutes and recuperate and walk for two minutes. Um, and then like you said, you you can bump up the running and bump down the bump down the, uh, the walking until you get to a point where you're doing mostly running and then eventually you'll cut out the walking. But, um, but that's a slow process and that can take weeks and months even, uh, you know, of course, depending on what kind of shape you're in, but, you know, if, if you've never run before and you're feeling out of shape, then, um, you know, that could be like a three or four month process where you're just starting to, uh, you know, bump up the running a little bit more slowly and steadily week after week and cut back on the walking.
0: Mm -hmm. I wonder about those beginning days when there is no interval, like no set thing you're supposed to do other than be outside for 25 minutes or whatever the, goal time is Mm -hmm. um because i feel like that is there's this at least if i picture myself doing that i picture myself wanting to run the whole time and saying the real goal of this is run the whole time so i'm going to do my best today and every day that i go out there to run the whole time so again i get into that mindset of like any minute that i'm walking is i'm kind of kind of cheating kind of taking the easy way out of this workout so I think it's going to depend on the person, um, but uh, some people I think will benefit from having a plan. And even if the plan starts completely unaggressively—that is, walk for one minute or run for one minute, then walk for nine, then mm-hmm. run for another minute, walk for another nine—like you can find plans I, in Couch to 5K, Runners World. I don't think either of them starts like that, but they are exactly this. They start with they start with walking, and you know eventually the proportion of running. Uh, takes over and becomes larger. And our 5K plan is the same way. Not not free like those, but has a bunch more of other background information and audio and stuff with it. But like, no matter what the program is, that I think is, is important. And I, I personally would, would want something that is structured. And said, here's what you're supposed to do today. Even if it is totally easy to do, instead of just go out and whatever amount you can do, that's fine and that's good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I'm not no. saying that that's the wrong one. I'm saying it probably depends on the person which one of those approaches is better.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and and also kind of on the opposite view of, of where where wanting to run the whole time. I'm sure there are people who, uh, without any sort of structure, without any sort of set, uh, have to run this amount of time, will end up just walking the whole time. Right. Um, you know. So so there's definitely a you know a space for. Um, needing some sort of structure even from the very beginning and some people will will deal with that a lot better Uh, but you know if if, unless you need that you know I would just say go out and go by feel and and challenge yourself to run to the end of the block and then you can walk or you know run to um, a a set amount of trees that you pass or something like that and kind of give yourself these little um, intervals that that you're just making up on your own uh, instead of instead of having to follow a a plan like that but if if you're if you need a plan then there's
0: nothing wrong with that for sure right where where either of these approaches is in total agreement is that walking should be a part of it um because i think uh, you you could also i could see someone saying well what i'm gonna do is run for two minutes today and i'm gonna run for three minutes two days later and then four minutes and just kind of thinking that you're just gonna gradually increase your running which i mean maybe that would work but if you're at that point where it is where it is you know running for two minutes is kind of all you can do or running for two minutes takes something out of you then certainly there's going to be benefit that comes from walking and it's not going to be as stressful on your body and it's going to be more fun to do uh I mean I just think you should be running as part of a first five or sorry you should be walking as part of a first 5k program like it definitely can help you uh just start to sort of build that mileage up even though it's not running mileage yeah absolutely And then one thing we haven't mentioned also is that you should be running pretty slowly. Again, there are different approaches, like maybe different fitness goals. There are people who begin running by following the running component of like an overall fitness plan that they're doing. And maybe they jump right into interval training, uh, which, by the way, is is an easy way to get hurt. Because people who do that, at least in my experience of doing it myself and seeing people do it, who try to run intervals without having first kind of become a runner is that they – that You're running in this really high impact way without knowing how, right? And I don't want to say that it's dangerous to run intervals, but as far as the risk of injury, it's higher risk of injury than it is to just run easy. So when people who are really inexperienced at running do that, I think you're kind of you, you increase that injury risk. So I would advise, and this is something that like I got wrong for so long. I just, I was what you said, Doug, like a gym class runner. That was my running or like in sports teams. And anytime time you would do that, it was a race. It was like, if you're running with a sports team, you don't wanna be last or else you have to take extra laps. <laughs> and if it's in gym class and you finish last, it's even worse, cause then you just get made fun of by everybody. Uh, so like running for me always meant run fast and running fast for me always meant really uncomfortable and really painful and I hated it. So that's like a huge thing that you need to just get rid of that idea that that running is the same as running fast. You can go at a pace that is – and it's the conversational pace where you can carry on a conversation while you are doing it. And for many people, like that's barely going to be faster than a walk. And in fact, you might only be able to sustain a run for a minute until you can't carry on a conversation anymore no matter how slow you go. And then you have to walk if you want to maintain a conversational pace. But that's the pace when mo- where most of this running should be done. And even even people who get really into running and run marathons and ultras, that's still where most of the training – takes place in that conversational pace. So so when people at the beginning think about how do you possibly train for a marathon or how do you possibly run, for a, run a marathon, kind of like we said earlier, you're not in the type of pain that you are when you're raising a 5K because you, you couldn't possibly be, sustain that. You were running at that conversational pace for most of the time. And once you realize that and understand that, then this whole thing seems a lot less daunting because then you realize you're gonna to to, to put in fifteen miles a week in training or whatever you end up doing, um you know, twelve of those miles might be really comfortable, easy miles that you're just doing to get the mileage in, even though you're not actually uncomfortable or or struggling during that.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really important really important point. uh, that when you're first starting out, thinking about pace and even distance I think is, is generally a mistake. And and instead you should just be thinking about time you're you're out there moving. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't matter whether you cover half a mile or or two and a half miles, um, you know the the point is to gradually increase that that jog that run. And you know I think that's why running used to be called jogging, right? When people first started running jogging. for sport, jogging, jogging. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I mean, because that's really what it was. Like it was right. You were just kind of out there at a little more leisurely pace, and then then it became racing and all that stuff. But uh, right. And running sounds way cooler than jogging this, but, <laughs> but, you know, I think that that's a good way to look at it. It's like, I, it's, I'm not going out for a sprint. I'm not going out for a run or a race or anything like that. I'm just going out for a jog. I'm moving a little bit faster than a walk, um, and, and a little bit more efficiently.
0: Yes. And that you might find that that, that, that pace, the opposite of being difficult, you can actually find it enjoyable, right? Like kids run because it is fun for them to do that so there there is something that we like about movement, and you mentioned it being efficient. Um, but you can go out and do it and and you might find that it, like I don't know, like for me, I just I always associate it with with hurt, with running hard enough so that it hurts, otherwise you're not running or you're not getting a workout in. But once you get rid of that and you can just go out and kind of be moving and feel free, and you know it like it can feel good. and it can put you into a nice mental state. It can get you a little taste of that runner's high, perhaps and some people find that they are more creative, some people find that they are just happier and more optimistic for the next whatever hour or something after that. So, it's a, it's a really nice thing that I think a, a a state that a lot of people have not explored because we don't a lot of people just think it's it's either you're in pain and running hard or you're just sitting down and walking.
1: Yeah, if you should not be in pain during every run. I mean, right. you know, when you're first starting out, it might be that running hurts every time you do it, but um you know, you shouldn't be the goal should be that running, and really after just a few weeks, you should be you should be running. You know whether it's just a minute or or two minutes or something like that. Like it shouldn't be painful during every run, and and if it is, then you're doing it wrong.
0: Yes, you're probably doing it wrong, and you'll probably get hurt. Yeah. So don't don't keep running through pain for very long. Um. Okay. So, I mean, that's that's enough about how do you get started with running, do those first couple runs. As far as training programs go, I mean, I think a lot of five k programs. I mean, as you get beyond a 5k, it starts to become, I guess, efficient is the word, maybe effective to do a long run about once per week, maybe once every 10 days, depending on what you're trying to do. Um, but with these, with this shorter distance, like 5k, it, it might not end up looking that way, depending on what kind of program you choose. It might be that just, you know, you're running because it's not like a major time investment to, to put in 20 or 25 minutes per run. So it might be that all of your, your runs, your weekday runs and your weekend runs, just gradually increase from, let's say they start, I should say walk slash runs, gradually increase from maybe a half mile at the beginning up to something like two and a half miles. And, and so maybe by the time race week comes, 5K, which of course 5K is 3.1 miles, and you're probably not going to get up to that in your training, um, that, that the week you know before the race, 10 days out from the race, that you're doing two to two and a half miles three or four times during that week because you've kind of built up your, your daily run mileage to be that point so that then when, when race day comes, you can go do it. I don't think that's how every 5K program is, but many of the ones that I've seen are like that. And that's very different from longer distances because you wouldn't run 20 miles several times in the week a couple times leading up to your race day of 26 miles. It's right. sort of a different thing because it, it doesn't I – I don't know what the reason is. I guess because it's, it's just more – I get maybe because the, the, what people are, what people's bodies can handle, uh, you know, that you can, that even as a new runner, once you kind of get into it, you can start to handle two, two and a half miles or many more miles than that several times a week. Whereas just with something like 20 miles, you're just never going to get to the point where that's, that's comfortable.
1: Right. Yeah. I think, I think that's why for sure. Good.
0: So anyway, that I mean, that is the the most broad look at how a training program will look. But otherwise, we can't really speak specifically about what exactly to do because it's going to depend on what kind of program you choose and how long it is, and whether you want one that gets you already having run the race distance by race day, or whether you want one that saves that whole last mile for race day. You know, like there's there's all different types of programs out there.
1: Do you need new um, gear, Matt, if you're gonna
0: get started with running?
1: Do you need to invest in uh, those running gear?
0: I don't think you need it, and I don't think you need much of it, but I do think you should have some of it. I, my big mistake, or one of my, I keep saying my big mistake, because I, I'm realizing I made a billion big mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had none of that. I didn't know. I just I just jumped in, and I jumped into marathon training. My friends and I were dumb, and we just said, let's, just, let's start training for a marathon. So we just started running three-mile runs, and everyone got hurt. Just a terrible approach. But part of that was we didn't have the right running gear, so I just had red shoes from walmart or wherever i had got these shoes because they were red and i liked them uh and i didn't have i didn't have running shorts so i didn't own running shorts until the expo of my marathon where i thought i should probably get them didn't have running socks so i got blisters you know like and once i realized that you that there was all this stuff it it became way less convenient and less of a hassle to have to go running i didn't have to tape my toes and tape my shins up like (laughs) because there's stuff that makes it convenient and easy for you to do that um so yeah, I mean, I think I think if you can get like a couple pairs of running socks, that's a good thing compared to cotton socks. Um, a pair of running shoes would be a good thing. I don't think you have to go to a running store or buy eighty or hundred dollar running shoes, but a shoe that is designed for running and not designed for basketball or something else is probably a good idea if you can afford it. Um, and shorts. But I, I mean, you can wear a cotton T-shirt for five K training. Sure. But I think I think shorts are a good thing. You wear it basketball
1: just, shorts too.
0: You can. I yeah. There's there's chafing issues and things that will happen even even in short distances. But I think some people for some people they'll happen and some they won't. So I think running shorts are a good thing if you can if you can swing it.
1: I used to run high school cross country in basketball shorts and boxers. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> i mean it's like did the coach not not tell you you should get running yeah. like why don't they, why would... they have a running uniform that they give well, we,
1: you we did when like when we were racing and stuff and, and they would always tell you boxers were the stupidest thing you could run in that's what <laughs> that's what we all ran in <laughs> except, except for like they're the really fast guys <laughs> so
0: i don't know i mean what what is your take on on equipment
1: my take i mean Here. the most important thing to me socks are a good one um and shorts are of course too but uh For me, it's it's a pair of shoes, and I think most people, if you're not a runner, you probably have a pair of running shoes or gym shoes or something like that, tennis shoes. But they're probably a couple years old, and you have worn them for everything from hiking to painting, and you know everything in between. Um, And they're just they're no longer going to serve you as a good running shoe. So I would say that if you're if you're really going to do this, if you're going to start becoming a runner and and training for a 5K or something like that, then Investing in a in a pair of running shoes, like you talked about, um, is going to save you a lot of hassle, a lot your feet, a lot of trouble, and then hopefully also uh, help prevent some
0: injuries and that kind of thing. Yeah, um, so. and I mean, I, at an early stage like that, maybe it's overthinking it to ask the minimalist question, like should you try to get minimal shoes? I don't, I don't know if people who are new to a five k distance. Um, have heard a lot about the minimal debate, but perhaps they have. So, I, I would kind of think if you're starting out, it's a good opportunity to just begin without getting a big giant running shoe that that you know has all this extra structure and support and cushioning in it. Um, but at the, as I'm saying that, I'm also wondering like would that would that maybe help um, some extra cushioning help make up for maybe form problems that that could cause someone to land with too much impact.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean I think uh in general I would recommend that people just get a shoe that's comfortable and um and I think it would depend a lot on the kind of foot strength you have the shoes you wear outside of running. So if you wear a minimal shoe or wear a lot of flip flops or things like that and you have good strong feet, then um you know then you can probably jump right into a more minimal style shoe but um you know, if you're used, to, if you're, if you typically wear big, you know, I don't know, padded shoes or work shoes or something like that, and that, I don't know, I, you probably wouldn't want to do that,
0: right? Good. Okay. Um. So is that all? The, is that all the gear stuff? You gotta yeah. have. You gotta have some. Have some beats, right? You gotta get some headphones of some kind.
1: <laughs> yeah, if you want to, <laughs> sure. You gotta listen to the No-Mean Athlete Radio on your run for sure. Yeah.
0: I mean, I I find that stuff helps tremendously with uh, the boredom of running because that that's one of my big obstacles. It's not so much the physical feeling of moving or being tired as much as like I just to to think of being out there for uh, eventually if you if you get beyond five k to be out there for several hours it's just like very hard for me to do that without something to occupy my mind other than thinking because I will uh, who knows what I'll think about <laughs> um but something to listen to is is a good thing so I'm I don't, I'm not saying you should go buy an iPhone or an i iP- if you're or if you're me an iPod nano um, but if you have those this is a reminder that, that that can be a useful tool in your in your training if you want it to be and some people are are very opposed to this and don't like the and in fact I was thinking that when you were doing your downward dug, maybe you're gonna be down on headphones during runs because you want people to connect with nature more but uh I think it's a beautiful thing
1: yeah I mean I am down on that no <laughs> <laughs> no I, I typically don't don't listen to much but you know but i understand that it helps certain people and uh and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna give you a hard time for that as long as you're doing it in a safe manner where i can pass you on the trail
0: you do need to be safe yeah good okay so that is probably enough for gear um you can go to the nominathic gear page nominathic.com slash gear or doug i imagine you have some kind of rocker runner gear page
1: i do yeah rocker slash store
0: i think there you go. So a little more commercially minded sounds like.
1: Well, there that would be it. yeah. That's where you get all your. You, here's another piece
0: of gear you probably need your trucker hat. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you gotta have a trucker hat. You wanna fit in exactly. Anyway, there, on the gear pages, those two gear pages, you will find things that uh, we like and just if if you're in need of ideas, but they might not be what's appropriate for five k. So, so take it with a grain of salt. Um. All right, what else, Doug? We've covered we've covered run walk basic training approach. We've covered gear, talked a little bit about picking a race or a why or a goal. Um a common question that I hear is can you do running for any distance? Can you do that alongside like a weightlifting, weight training, or any other sort of fitness program? Like is it okay do I have to stop my stop going to my spinning classes if I want to if I want to this or my or my bar classes or my uh my cycle cycle cross no that's not it what, what is it The i don't know
1: never mind spinning cyclocross that is a thing i don't know yeah no.
0: know i was trying to think of like trendy trendy things that people do mm. but i couldn't mm. think of any <laughs> Jocker, i don't know of any trendy things. <laughs> um yeah i'd be so the
1: answer soul of, cycle soul, soul cycle, cycle. cycle there you go <laughs> The answer, of course, is once you start running, the only other activity you would ever want to do is play disc golf, I think. So <laughs> yeah. um, So unless that's your other activity, which you can certainly do while you're a runner. No. Um, yeah, absolutely. You can do any of that stuff as you're, as you're a runner. You know, As you go up in distance and as your running goals become more uh, running focused, as your health goals and fitness goals become more running focused, then... Um, you're going to want to be more mindful of how you're integrating those other activities into your training. But as you're just starting out or even after that, you know, if you just want to explore a whole bunch of different fitness activities, then absolutely. You can be a runner and a cycler and a soul cyclist and a disc golfer all at the same
0: time. Good. Which kind of brings up another question. So like, I think, I think the answer that I was looking for there was that until your running becomes something where your running workout is kind of i don't know dominating what you can your training day in terms of like because you did this running workout you're not doing much else um until you get to that point like i don't think i don't think it needs to affect or be affected by the other stuff you're doing that's pretty much um, what i said man no, I know, I know. That that's what I'm. What, what I'm saying is, I I agree with that much. Oh, okay. What the the question that it then brings up for me is sort of related to that. If you were not following any specific plan, um, how many days per week would you would you want to do running? Because like what we just said, if if it's runs that aren't really having a big impact on your workout, theoretically you could do them almost every day. Right, but you probably wouldn't. you might you might think about if you if you lift three times a week, then maybe you're gonna run on the other three days. So the question that I would answer or that I would think someone might be asking is like how many days should I try to run if I'm trying to build up to a five k distance? Like how many mm-hmm. days a week is good?
1: Yeah, I think I think anytime you have a running goal, you should be running at least three times a week. okay. Um, and the harder your running goal is and the more important it is, the longer it is, whatever then you need to increase that. But uh, if you're only running once a week, then it's going to take so long for you to see any real improvements. Um, yeah. But that three times a week will allow you to have rest days, recovery days, ha- be able to do other things as well. But you're still getting in enough running where you're um, you're building on the last week, you're building on the last workout. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, ideally, I mean, I think most runners tend to run five times a week, so that three to five range is a good good place to, to think about. Um, but I would at least run three times a week, even if I was doing
0: other activities. Okay, good. So you set up to five times a week, and, and some people, of course, will do, will do even six or seven, um, or more, right, if you do doubles. Yep. But when I was starting out, I was so worried about injury because I got injured and I was just became very, very aware of it, and perhaps too aware of it, so it Probably probably, kept me being injured because I, because I would think about it so much. Um, I actually used to like, (laughs) Aaron used to get mad at me because I would sit there like pushing on my shins, like testing for weak spots, trying to find like if a potential stress fracture was, was coming. And I would, and if I'd find something that was like a little bit like a sign, I would just be pushing on it all the time. And I'm sure I just, I just advanced the, progress of the stress <laughs> fractures by pushing on them <laughs> but anyway so that, that's how I was about injury and I just did not because I, I spent four years after my first marathon which I I mean barely got across the finish line after a, a, tons of injury in training um spent four more years trying to do another one and I just kept getting injured and just kept running into frustration so it was really hard so I was I was very mindful about trying to make sure I did everything I possibly could to avoid injury and uh, I was, for a long time, I would not run on two days in a row. I thought, I, if I, I cannot do that, I'd need a full recovery day after every run. Uh, I don't agree with that at all anymore, and it sounds like you don't think that should be of concern for anyone because uh, you, you suggested that they, someone run up to five days a week, and then you couldn't do that by taking a day off every time. Um, where, though, or when, is it important to have a rest day at this level?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. At, at this level. So if I mean, if we're talking about really starting out, if you're out of shape, and you are not used to walking for 20 minutes, and you um, are all of a sudden walking for 20 minutes, and also trying to do a couple minutes of running during that 20 minute time period, then then it's very possible you're going to be sore and achy the next day. So I would just, um, you know, there's no hard and fast rule when it comes to rest days for, for brand new beginners. Uh, but I would listen to the body and try to really be in 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 tune with the where how, you know how much uh, muscle soreness you're having and if there are any pains um, and think about whether that soreness is good whether it's just kind of that achy feeling you get after uh, being on your legs for too long you know and and that's that's a positive thing where um, you know you don't want that all the time of course but um, after a tough workout or after a run then you, you're going to feel a little bit of of achiness. Um, whether it's just that or whether it's something that you've really broken down your, your muscles, you've really broken down, um, what your body can handle and it needs time to then recuperate and recover. Right. So, so, you know, I mean, I know that's, that's a non-answer answer. Um, but you know, I think that that's kind of the way it is because everyone's a little bit different and has, um, has some is coming into starting into running with, with different fitness levels of fitness. So listen to your body a bit, try to really be in tune of what kind of aches you're, you're feeling. Um, and if you're really worried about it, then, you know, start at those three days per week and, um, and take those rest days in between. Um, and then you'll be able to see if you're, if you're feeling really tired or really sore when you run after taking a day off, then you're probably being a little too aggressive. But if you are feeling completely rested and, like you didn't even run a few days prior, then uh, then you can probably step it up and be running a little bit more often.
0: OK, good. Uh, the only thing I have to add to that is because I know some people will not follow the advice that we talked about running slowly, because they'll just get excited about a time goal or come across some sort of heart rate monitor approach and want to hit a certain heart rate or whatever, whatever it is. Um, and people will do harder workouts than you or I would probably recommend for training for a first 5K or just getting into running. Certainly, there is a place for hard workouts, but I, I think you know for getting started, they don't have too much of a place. Um, but what I, what I'm saying is, don't forget that your heart is a muscle as well. So even if you your body is not sore and, and you're not feeling like you're sore, but let let's say you let's say you're into running, you're doing some tough workouts, and you're I don't know three weeks in, you're pretty much beyond the point of muscle soreness and having any of those those you know getting started pains um uh, it would be quite tempting or easy if you didn't know better to just start putting 3 4 days in a row of solid workouts that that get up into the, your anaerobic zone like heart heart really pumping um you know and just think you're doing awesome because you're 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 getting at it every day and you're and you're you know Doing hard workouts for every day of the week. Uh, don't forget that you you need that that you need a break in between those hard workouts. It doesn't have to be a full day off, but you've got to do a day in between them where you're not getting out of the conversational pace zone. Where you're letting you're letting your heart have that chance to uh, to recover itself. Because I think I think you will get so much better, faster progress, uh, and avoid risk of overtraining and where you just kind of don't get anywhere because you're not letting your body recover you'll avoid that by by making sure you do um an easy workout in between any two difficult workouts now that's not it's not a hard and fast rule that you could never break because certainly there are some there are some good runners who, who will do two tough workouts without an easy one in between them but i just feel like for a beginner kind of rule of thumb that's one that i would follow if i were beginning now i think that's very good advice matt thank you doug i could be an award-winning running coach
1: you could be but you're not you're not but i'm not only one of those there's only one of those in the world
0: (laughs) all right um so that's almost it except we haven't talked about eating yet and
1: before we do i think we should we should pause to thank our sponsors okay matt you know what i think of what i think of life insurance (laughs) what doug
0: (laughs) (laughs) that movie along came Polly. do you remember that I, I very good movie. I've seen. If I see that on TV, catch a thirty seconds of it, I am in. I'm I'm uh, in for the next whatever hour, commercials and all.
1: Yeah, all right. It's the it's that Ben Stiller movie where he's like, uh, I think he's a life insurance broker or something, an analyst or something. He he, he, he looks at risk and he docks
0: that extreme yeah.
1: sports guy for taking too many risks. Right.
0: And he lines up all those pillows on his bed every day, and he won't yep. eat spicy food. Right.
1: That's yep. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what Health IQ does differently? What, Doug? <laughs> they, I, like, I like how you always answer these questions. It's good. <laughs> they not only look at the, the risk, you know, like uh, if you're a smoker or something like that, but they also reward you for the positive things that you do in life, like yoga and running and eating plant-based diet, eating vegetarian diet. They actually reward you financially for the good stuff.
0: Which, which makes sense. If they're smart, they should, any, any good life insurance company should do that. So I'm glad that they are out there doing that because if you're less likely to die from cancer, heart disease, and other early death, then uh, then you would think that you should pay less for your life insurance or your family gets a sweeter payday when you do finally kick mm. the bucket. That's right. Either yeah. way, you should, you should get a better deal. You you, you, uh, you made sure you had life insurance when you had kids, right? Of course I did because I'm, I'm a responsible parent and I, I would know no other way than to do that. Yeah. Right, Doug? <laughs> yeah. I looked into it right away and I never- <laughs> Well, never that's good. So <laughs> no, if you die and it comes to me, I'll say, well, he did look into it. Look <laughs> and You just kind of throw him a bone. Yeah. You're right. I got to jump on. I got to jump on this Health IQ train. Gotta get, yes. Got to get rewarded. Uh, you know why I did it? Because now I can, I travel sometimes for business, like, you know, fly over to whatever, California or somewhere, or just hop over there. And I don't like flying very much. I would rather just drive and zone out in my car. But uh, I do sometimes, and every time I do, I'm like, man, if this plane crashed, I don't really care about myself dy- dying in, like, a fiery crash. I just think about what would my wife and kids do, right? Like, I'm just I'm just that good of a person. just that important. <laughs> I died, I'd feel so bad for them to have to live without me. I don't mean that. But I do mean – it always goes through my head. Like, man, if something happened uh, – I don't know. I just would – even with life insurance, I feel like I'm not set up enough for that. But uh, – Anyway,
1: that's yeah. why. No, that, that's, a, that's a really good point. We should go too, Doug. I should. You're right. And if I do want to, and I do want to, I'm going to head over to healthiq.com slash no meat. One word to learn about all the ways I can save money on life insurance through Health IQ.
0: There you go. So you, the listener, should do that as well. Head over to healthiq.com slash no meat and uh, learn more about all the ways you can save money on life insurance. <laughs> all right.
1: All right, so let's talk about food. And if you're just starting out, is food and what you're eating around your workouts really all that much of a concern?
0: Yes. Good question, Doug. Um, so I think it's I think it's a half concern. I think, first of all, a lot of people make the mistake of eating too much around their workouts because they've been taught by TV commercials and whatever else that they need to drink sports drinks all the time and just keep this constant flow of, of sugar water going into their body uh, while they're running. But you don't have to do that. Like That is that is mostly just to sell UA Sports Drink. Um, once you get up into longer runs, so I don't know, maybe certainly over an hour and a half, but you can probably benefit from stuff even as low as 30, 45 minutes um, from having some some calories. Um, you don't necessarily need it if you're training for 5K. Like There aren't all that many runs where if you, there might be no runs where if you didn't drink anything uh, or eat anything within an hour of that workout on either side of it um, where you wouldn't be fine. I don't, I don't I said a lot of negatives there in a row, so I don't know how many I did if I, if I thought it what, what I meant is very rarely in training for a first 5k without doing any crazy intense workouts, do you actually need to make sure absolutely certain that you eat, within an hour on either side of the workout that said as you're doing it as you're getting into new distances and things are hard and it's the first time you've ever I don't know run for 20 minutes without stopping then like while a lot of people would argue that a, a sports drink isn't going to benefit you that much I still feel like in maybe the half hour before that run if you had a couple bananas or I don't know an eight ounce glass of fruit juice or a half and half fruit juice and water um I feel like that's going to benefit you. Might even be just a psychological benefit, but I think you're going to, as you're facing what are daunting distances when you've never done them before, which might just be running twenty minutes the first time. Um, I don't know. Ha- having having your feel pretty, ha- feeling pretty satisfied as far as food goes, and having had some sorts of of readily available sugar, um, I think is a good thing. What do you think, Doug?
1: Yeah, I agree with all that. Um, I just would would caution against overthinking it. Yeah. That as you're first starting out, uh, you can, like you, you, like you said, you, you know, some people think that they need to have sports drinks before and after and during a 20 minute walk run. uh, And that's just not the case. You're going to be totally fine without it. Um, And, you know, as you build up and as you, you know, as you get a little bit more intense or even if you just want to do that, if it works for you and psychologically it, it helps you out, um, then then go for it. But I wouldn't overthink it. I wouldn't really start counting my carbohydrate intake or or anything like that around uh, around runs as you're you're training for this first five k. As you're just getting started.
0: Yeah, I agree. I would even go so far as to say that you don't any product that is made for sports nutrition. You do not need until you're running. I don't know a, a hard ten k for yourself or distances beyond that right like you can get by on fruit juice and fruit and you can even get by on longer distances with that stuff so i, I just think the temptation i think people start doing this and are like well i must i must need cliff bars for if i'm going to be doing any kind of run or i must need gatorade right we just we just have this thing and we think these things are good for this because they're designed for it but i i tend to think that is mostly marketing and you just it a lot of people do more harm than good not harm to their workout or harm to the, but just like overall health or or in terms of like how many types of uh, how many calories you're taking in good and bad I feel like people just end up taking in all these calories that they don't need and that are kind of junk food because they have this excuse that they are running and I just I don't know I, I just want people to stay away from that so yeah. eat eat fruit ideally whole fruit but fruit juice if you need to around workouts um, that would be that would be my you know simplest advice for for workout nutrition yeah absolutely and then so that, that's kind of before workouts. Like it's after a difficult workout, especially as you're new and uh, these things are maybe particularly in the range where you're kind of a new runner. And like I said before, you're you're three four weeks into a training program and you're starting to put some solid runs in. Maybe you're getting two miles in where you're mostly running the whole time. Like it's not going to be a bad thing for you to make sure you eat healthy food an hour or two after that workout like that's going to be a good thing and help your progress might not be a giant impact uh but over over a long period of time it might make a difference so you know eat eat healthy good foods like i think that is as much as you probably need to think about it you don't need to think about ratios or numbers of calories um but but you know after a workout is is a time to get some good calories for sure regardless of how short that workout is yeah and fluids and water Yes. Don't forget water. And then any reason, Doug, to think about electrolyte-type stuff yet when the runs are 20 to 40 minutes?
1: No, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bother yeah. with any of that. Yeah.
0: Not an issue until, for most people, several hours. Right. Okay, good. And by the way, we have a new um, free guide that we just published today, actually the day that we're recording this, about workout nutrition. I know we just said it's not all that important for <laughs> short 5K running, but it's still not, like, not a bad thing to – understand and just start to understand the concepts of and yeah i mean you can even use some of it uh i've mentioned mistakes that i made that was one of the humongous ones i I jumped right into marathon training and it was doing three mile runs really for the first time in my life doing like started with five or six and then quickly got up to seven nine miles on the weekend doing a long run and just wasn't eating anything during it before it after i didn't didn't know anything that i needed to do it did not occur to me that i that like i mean I thought you should drink gatorade if you're thirsty that that was kind of the depth of my knowledge uh but i thought if i wasn't feeling hungry or feeling thirsty then there was really no reason for me to like make an effort to eat uh so i just didn't and like i said got injured pretty soon so I, i don't think it was just food i don't think it was just the red shoes i think it was a combination of doing everything wrong that got me injured um but anyway, I think it's it's good to understand principles and pe- there's a lot of confusion around like how should you eat if you're three hours away from your workout versus if you're 30 minutes away from your workout, and that's what this little guide that we put together covers. Um, if you want to get it, it is at no at ath- What is it? Doug. Uh, Go. dot com slash eat dash before dash workout. That's kind of a long URL. I think good. we should I think we should make up a make up a redirect for for the nice people
1: how about what if we set it up at com slash workout dash
0: food that seems as good as any workout food Nomadathlete.com slash workout dash food that's where you can get our free nutrition guide excellent all right anything else Doug, to add before we before we send everyone off to go run on five first 5k
1: no i i think i think we're good matt i think we should wrap it up
0: all right sounds good we will talk to everyone next week then all right bye-bye All right, bye.